Last week my boots headed out the park. It was amazing. But we, we just paused our, our series in Luke and my boots uh, gave the, the word. It was really phenomenal. But it's a proud of you. But, but today we're back in Luke. So Luke, please look in Luke and open your Bible to Luke chapter 2 together. We're going to pick it up there in, in verse 8. Luke chapter 2, the scene is set. Jesus has been born. It says this in verse 8. It says, There were shepherds living out in the fields nearby where Jesus was born, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified, these oaks. But the angel said to them, Don't be afraid, because I bring you the good news that will cause great joy for all people. He said today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. Remember these shepherd oaks, they were the lowest of the low. Okay? No one accepted what they said. No one even gave them the time of day. Most of them couldn't read. They're the lowest of the low. They're the nobodies. And God uses them to tell people first about the Messiah. He says, I'm going to use the nobodies to tell the world that my, my son Jesus has been born. Amazing, eh? And maybe you feel like a nobody. Maybe today you've come, you thought, you know what, no one really, really noticed me. I'm just a nobody. I want to say to you today on this Mother's Day that this message should encourage you. So that if you feel like a nobody, Jesus will take you as a nobody and he'll make you become a somebody and make a massive difference in people's lives. Yeah? The angel says to the nobodies, says, this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes, lying in a manger. Verse 16. So they hurried off, these guys. They went and they found Mary and Joseph with the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word. Say spread the word. Spread the word. Good. They spread the word that they heard concerning what had been told to them about this child. All who heard the word were amazed at what the shepherds had said. But Mary... But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. So everybody's amazed. It's like, wow, I can't believe this. This is incredible. They heard the word, they're amazed. Freedom Church, I want to say, when, free, when God's word is spread, people should be amazed. Okay? Oh, they're amazed at the presentation, or they're amazed at the church building, or they're amazed at the pastor. No. You've got to be amazed at the word of God. Amen? Amen? But then something else has to take place. Besides just being amazed, something else has to take place. We can't just be amazed. Let's read on and see what it is. But Mary treasured up all these things. And she pondered them. She pondered them in her heart. Fast forward the tape a couple of weeks. Jump to verse 25. Mary and Joseph, they take their son Jesus to Jerusalem. Verse 25 says, There was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon, last name, twenty sons named Simeon, who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him. Stop there. God planted something in his heart. The Holy Spirit planted something in Simeon's heart. It would be revealed to him that he wouldn't die before he had seen the Lord Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he goes into the temple courts. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the Lord required, Simeon, this oak, this stranger, takes Jesus in his arms. Must have been crazy, eh? But you marry you, Joseph, this oak out of nowhere. He just takes your baby in his arms. Kind of weird, eh? 
takes him in his arms and prays God, saying, The sovereign Lord, as you've promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you've prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people in Israel. And the child's father and mother marveled at what had been said about him. You know what's amazing? 60 years after this incident takes place, 60 years later, Luke decides, I'm going to write the Gospel of Luke. And so 60 years later, after this happens with Simeon the stranger, he goes to Mary. He chooses Mary. Tell me all about that. And these things that Mary treasured up in her heart and, and pondered them in her heart, these things were burnt deep down inside of Mary. They were burnt deep down inside of her. What's God burnt in your heart, sir? What has been burnt deep down in your heart? Something that's been planted there. What's, what's been burnt in your heart? Fast forward the tape a couple more years. Let's go to verse 48 quickly. Jesus is 12. They're back in Jerusalem for a festival as they leave. This like Jesus disappears. My goodness. 12-year-old little lighty disappears. Be kidnapped. Ransom. What's happening here? Where's Jesus? It goes on in 48. It says, when his parents saw him, they were astonished. His mother says, we found you now. But she says this. Son, why are you treating us like this? <laughs> you know, one of those, eh? I mean, I love my mother a lot, but sometimes my mother's thought that doesn't work so lacquer. <laughs> she says, like, why did you do that like this? Mom, I love you. Happy Mother's Day. But Mary says, you know, no fault here. <laughs> but really, Mom, thanks for looking out for us. Thanks for always being concerned for us as we grow up as 12-year-olds and toddlers. We appreciate you. Why did you tell us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. Be worried where you've been. Jesus says, why were you searching for me? Why? Didn't you know I would be in my father's house? Didn't you know? But they didn't understand. They don't get it. They don't grasp. They don't catch this, what he's trying to say to them. But catch this, verse 51. But his mother, his mother treasured up all these things in her heart. Something remarkable is happening here, friends. Luke is busy taking his story of Jesus' childhood here. He's busy bookending it here with with this amazing phrase. Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. And we're going to look at what that meant for Mary. We're going to look this morning as to what that really means for us. But I want to show you what it meant for Mary, friends, because it kind of gets lost in translation. It gets translated from the Greek to the English, and we lose some powerful things here, friends. Two things that it meant for Mary. It says that Mary pondered all these things in her heart. That word in Greek is rhema. Okay? It's not just random stuff. It's very specific things where God speaks his mind. God gives direction. He gives instruction. He makes a promise. Something comes alive. That's what it's about. That's that Greek word, rhema. In today's times, it would mean something like this. So you're on your smartphone, and people think, ah, Sam, he's reading the Bible on his Bible that day. Yeah. Meanwhile, he's on Facebook, or she's on Instagram, or you're busy on Strava because you're checking who's written this morning, and ah, I haven't read it. And then a verse gets read. Boom! Doosh! Hits you in your heart. Rhema. God's word. Suddenly you realize, that verse is for me. Someone come, comes up 
and shares a word. Like last week, someone said, I should have come and shared that word. And you, and you hear someone say something or read a verse, and like, man, that jumps out for you. God's word. Rhema. Or you're singing a song. My goodness, worship was amazing today. You're singing a song. You've sung it a thousand times. You've sung it at church. You've sung it in the shower. But as you're singing it, hang on a minute, change church. That one-liner just comes alive to you. Hey, I was talking to Farnes last week. He brought a lady to church to visit Freedom. She's been in church for years. He says she had a God moment, Daryl. She went home and she said to my wife and I, please, you got to baptize me in the path. A God moment. You've been in church for years, but suddenly something happens on a Sunday. Bam! That's what happened here to Mary. You got it? So it's the rainbow word of God. It's this thing that's living, it's active. And suddenly it gets spoken and it intersects with your life. That's what's happened to Mary here. She doesn't think it's strange that the shepherds come. She doesn't think it's weird that the stranger takes her baby in her arms in the temple. No, no, no. It's the rainbow word of God coming alive. Can you relate? Can you relate to that woman last week? Has there been a time in your life when God's word has suddenly come alive? It'd be a time in your life, maybe through a situation or a circumstance, maybe tough, sad, tough, challenging situation, but something's happened. God's used the situation to remind you of seed word in your life that's been planted there by the Holy Spirit. Yeah? So that's the first thing, our friends. Mary's word came alive, God's word came alive to Mary. And then she treasured it. She pondered it in her heart. She kept it safe. The second thing, Luke's writing to, to a group of people. They are farming society. Okay? They're not in the city. He's writing to a group of people who've come from a farming society. So why does he use these nice words? Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. When I read that, I think, oh. so Mary went and took her nice pink journal. And she sat under that tree at Homestead Dam. And she took her pink highlighters and she treasured up all these things. And pondered them in her heart. Oh, that's how I think. It's nice. But it gets lost in translation. Because you know what that mean, that word there means in the agricultural term, in the agricultural terminology there, it means to wrestle, to protect, and to preserve what God has put on your heart. Reading the Bible, where something jumps out for you, God, God has put that on your heart. And so I want to share three things this morning. Three words that start with an S around that. Okay, but before I get out, Mr. Pager, that word in Greek, the, the farmers, they've got to wrestle with the soil. See, the millies being planted. They've got to protect it. They've got to nurture it. So you grow a nice tree if you stay in Durban. Ralph Lacker having you back here from Durban, my butt. You've got to protect that seed from the monkeys, because the monkeys are crazy in Durban. If you're studying the bush like my family on a game reserve, you've got to protect that seed from the elephants because those are just going to come and they're going to mess it up. And if you stay in Benoni, you've got to protect that seed from the rats because there's a lot of rats in Benoni. <laughs> Wherever you stay, you've got to protect that seed that gets planted. And I plant some plants in my garden and then the neighbor's dog comes and then I've got to find a place to bury the dog because my life, I've got to protect the seed. <laughs> I'm not joking. I've got some stories about cats and dogs in my neighbors. But I'm trying to share with you guys what it means in Greek. You've got to protect. You've got to nurture. You've got to watch over that seed. Okay? Amen. 
So we got that. That's what's going down here. Luke is saying, that's what you must do with that seed that's been planted in your heart. Happy Mother's Day. Let's wrestle. And let's preserve and let's protect the seed that God's put on our hearts. Amen? And so I'm going to use the same agriculture foundation as we discussed it today. God's put something on your heart. He has. Every single one of us, when we accept Him as our Savior, He puts something in our hearts, a seed that starts to grow. And it gets stirred through different seasons. I want to show you three things. Number one, we need to realize that that seed often grows very slowly. More then more slowly than we'd like it to grow. We want it to explode like that. It grows slowly. Number two, that seed in your heart is supernatural. And number three, that seed has tremendous significance. Slow, supernatural, significant. You've got it. Number one, slow. I'm going to tell you a story about one of my childhood memories to illustrate this. So my mom and dad get married. They go and stay in East Vale. Something like Eden Vale, something like the Vale, except it's much more hardcore because it's near Springs. <laughs> and so these two writers, myself and my foot, we grew up not in East Vale, but my dad inherited his mom and dad's home in West Dean near the Lake Club Golf Course there. And so these two blighters grow up in the very house that my dad grew up in. And we used to walk to Benoni Jr. under the bridge. My mom used to let us walk to school. And those days were proper, hey, under the bridge. And there was this massive oak tree in the back garden. But I tell you what, we used to brag because it was the most massivest of the most massivest oak trees of proper. And my dad told us that one day when he was our age, he planted a little acorn. And this acorn grew. And that, that little acorn become, became this massive, massive oak tree. And so you know what my brother and I did, these two blighters, we used to take hundreds of acorns during our acorn fights and we used to plant them in the garden. Because we also wanted to grow a massivist oak tree like my dad. And we used to come home from school and we used to sprint down the driveway here to the back garden because where's the tree? And I can remember having lunch one day with my brother and my mom. And, and you know, my mom always used to ask us, so boys, how's the day? Ah, uh, one word, fire. We didn't want to talk. My mom wanted to talk. And then the, then the question came, boys, have you been planting acorns? <laughs> and our faces lit up. Because, man, we've got another big massive oak tree in the garden. And so we rushed out to the back garden. And there in the corner was this little, little sprout. Yeah. And so we went to bed all excited that night. Because tomorrow morning, tell you what, it's going to be a massive oak tree. <laughs> and our God... And so I got married at the age of 24, and I moved out, and to this day, I drove past the other day, there's only one oak tree in that garden. There's, there's no massive oak tree, just the one I thought there would be. Point I'm trying to make here is God's word, God's seed, is slow. Amen? It takes time. It takes time for God's seed to grow. But when Jesus came, he describes the kingdom of God in Mark 4 as a little seed. He describes it just like a mustard seed. It's not a switch. It's not a slot machine. It's not a quick two-minute microwave meal. I know how we love that, name. No, the kingdom of God is a seed. And it takes time for that seed to grow. We've got to nurture it. We've got to water it. We've got to plant it. We've got to protect it. We've got to go against anything that wants to stop that seed from growing. 
So number one, God's word is like a seed. It's slow. It takes time. You know what the trouble is, friends? We are in an entertainment economy. And when we're watching sports or the cycling this afternoon, they put an ad on the break. Now we don't want ads. We want entertainment. We want to have things now, those quick two-minute meals from the microwave. Let me share another story from my family as to how we desire quick, instant gratification in our lives. Sometimes my kids and my wife, we watch that home makeover movie. You know that one where they bring in and they say, move the bus and this group of people take a home and they completely turn it upside down. They give it a makeover. It's amazing. And often we'll sit on the couch and I might even doze off when it's not that great. But we'll, I'll, I'll get up and I'll say, like, hang on. They've done this incredible makeover to this home. And Cass will say to, to my wife, she'll say, I, want, I would like those shelves in my room. They look really nice. And, and, and I'm like, yeah, they do look nice, I guess. And then Bryce will say, I want some of those picture frames. We can make those as well. They're, they're quite nice. And I've even got the tools in my garage. Michelle inherited them from her dad. But Daryl, the tepid of her husband that he is, he doesn't even know how to put a job in the drop. We want the extreme new home. We want it now. And it takes time. We've got to learn how to operate those tools. We've got to learn how to drill straight holes in the wall. And you know what, friends? That's exactly the same as our spiritual lives. We come to church on Mother's Day. We think, wow, we've got tools today. We can go out into the workplace tomorrow. Our lives are changed. But we've got unforgiveness towards that person. And we've got bitterness that we're holding because of that situation. Because it's an entertainment economy. We've been con conditioned to consume and then leave no action required. We've come, become conditioned to consume, come to church, and then leave no action required. That's what's happened, friends. In an entertainment economy, that's what happens. We come and we say, feed me. Come to church. I want to consume and then leave. I want to open up my Bible and meet. that must become light in the dark. Just like that, I get my bread. And then when it doesn't happen, it's like, wow, what's going on here? Why, why is it not working? Luke's saying, it's the other way around, Freedom Church. He's saying we've got completely the wrong way. We've, we've become an audience. God wants us to be an army. We've become consumers. God wants us to be producers. Massive difference. And if we're going to be producers, it's going to take a planting. It's going to go to war with. It takes a seed that grows over time, season by season, moment by moment. You've got a packet of millies as you walk through this morning. Give me a little packet there. Let me tell you why. Thanks, Annie. Because God's word is supernatural. Another story. Last year, March, we went away as a family. We had to come home early because Mr. Ramaphosa locked down South Africa. And we got home, and there they were, next to my garage. These massive, tall, green milli stalks. And, and I said to the kids, where did they come from? How did this happen? That overnight, we go away for a couple of days, we arrive back home. These millies are growing next to my garage, taller than me. And then I found 
found out that our garden executive had taken some millies. And he had decided that we need some millies in our garden. Yeah. Mini stalks large as life. God's seed is supernatural. It carries in it a supernatural DNA. God's word is slow, and sometimes it's very hard for us to wait. But it's supernatural. It's incredibly supernatural. Slow, supernatural, but significant. Exceedingly significant. And on the other side of that seed growing is something significant. So what's God said to you? What seed has God planted in your heart? It's there for a reason. God wants to do something so significant on the other side of that seed growing in your life. God has planted something inside of you. He has. It's not by chance you're here today. Not by chance He's reminding you of that seed that only He has planted there. Not man. God's planted it in there. It's there for a reason. God's word is slow. But it's supernatural. Because what it produces has huge significance. I'll ask you again. What seed has God planted in your heart? What did He say to you last week? What did He say to you last month? Maybe last year. You know that you know. God said something specifically to you in your heart. What have you done with it? So maybe it's been something like, ah, what, you know what? What have you done with that seed? Take your seed. Take that packet. Hold it. Everyone got their seed. Get it there, Michelle. Grab it there, Stefan. Hold that seed. It's a tiny little seed. Look at it. Hold that packet. Well, when Jesus says, the kingdom of God is like a seed. It's like this little seed. But this mini stalk that grows from this small, tiny seed has huge significance. It grows supernaturally. That seed that God has planted on your heart. What has been birds deep down on the inside that you can't stop thinking about? Let's take God's word, friends. Let's take that seed that is planted on the inside. Spread that word, just like those shepherds. Spread the word in our own uniquely gifted way. I'm going to tell you again, man, you're not a nobody. He's made you somebody. He wants to use you to spread the word. Because all who hear his word will be amazed at you. No, man. They'll be amazed at the glory of God. And he, not us, he will get the glory. These minis produce much fruit. They stand up straight in the fields. Beautiful. Let's allow God's seed to grow as we protect it, as we go to war against His seed. And as we watch Him take people and, stand up and get people to stand up straight where He gets the glory. Happy Mother's Day. In Jesus' name.